Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 64 Chapter 58 The River Crossing Hey there, you came back. Or maybe this is your first ever listen. If this is your first listen, you might consider going back to the beginning. Or, at the very least, listening to the big recap episode further down in the podcast feed. Either way, though, I'm happy you're here. This week's chapter, The River Crossing, is yet another short one, coming in at just under nine minutes. While this one isn't steeped in symbolism, isn't setting up mysterious circumstances or alluding to a puzzling past like the previous chapters, it does have a good amount of value to it. We are reintroduced to Judah, briefly, resurrected from the other side. We see the stranger, now reformed, struggling with his new-found morality. And we get rare insight into the mind of the lion. So let's dig in. We find the stranger and the lion following the birds, and the river, as they look for some sort of salvation or redemption, or just some kind of meaning to life in this strange new land. The birds they are following are now on the other side of the river. There's no bridge and the water is too deep to cross. As the stranger contemplates their next move, the river begins to slow until it comes to a complete stop. They see a ferryman making his way up the still and quiet river, and patiently await his arrival. The ferryman never gives his name, but hopefully it's clear by his description that he is the resurrection of Judah, the creator of Judeca in the other side. He has dark black skin and is very skeletal and frail. He's carrying with him a large sickle. He tells the stranger that he will take him to the other side of the river, but he will not take the lion. The stranger, trying to do the right thing here, is torn. His salvation lies on the other side of the river, or at least that's what he hopes, anyway. At the same time, however, he feels he owes something to the lion. The lion, of course, being all that's left of his following. The stranger was the cause of so much pain and suffering for those who associated themselves with him. And since they're all dead, how can he make amends with them? How can he fix what he broke? The simple answer is, he can't. But he can at least try to make things right for the one remaining survivor. So, if his salvation lies on the other side of the river, and requires the lion, but he can't get to the other side of the river with the lion, what is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to solve this problem? 
he reluctantly gets on the raft with Judah, gives a little bit of a shame-filled speech, and we think he's going to leave the lion behind, and boom! Pushes Judah overboard and watches him drown. The lion boards the ferry, and they are on their way. As I mentioned before, we get a little bit of insight into the mind of the lion in this chapter as well. In the past, we've seen the lion as a loyal minion or servant to those he follows. Going all the way back to dark days of Dorothy Gale, we saw this when he teamed up with the Tin Woodman. He was an agent of chaos and destruction. He killed the queen of the field mice, killed the stork at the river's edge, did God knows what else to what else in that time as well. And when he met Dorothy, imprisoned by Christa the Vile, he quickly teamed up with her when it came time to kill their captor. As he traversed the land with Dorothy and Mister, he continued to be an agent of chaos, but this time for a more noble cause. Or so it seemed, anyway. Instead of causing misery for Dorothy, he aided her in her quest to get back home. Until he got drunk, that is. When he turned into a rage monster and began shredding Mister and trying to eat the woodman and subsequently knocking the woodman out of the uh, spire in the city of Emerald. Even back in Dark Days, we saw a little complexity in his character. We saw that he was fearful of Kaleidas, and we saw why that was. In Darker Days, we bore witness to a little bit of both sides of him. The good and the bad. At the lion's core, however, we see time and time again that he is a follower. Sometimes it's out of fear, like following the Tin Woodman. Sometimes it's for noble reasons, like loyalty, following Dorothy. And sometimes it's just for reasons of seeking much-needed comfort, like following the stranger, however misguided that comfort was. Here, the lion sees the stranger as different. He no longer sees him as someone to be feared or a force to be reckoned with, but someone in need of the same comfort that he once needed. He can tell the stranger has changed, and this man, who was once more like the Tin Woodman, is now more like Dorothy. He doesn't have to follow the stranger, but he chooses to follow the stranger. There isn't much more to say about this chapter. It might seem a little shallow on the surface, with its minimal dialogue and lack of symbolism and theology, but dig down a little further, and there's something special to be found here. At least for me, anyway. If I missed something or failed to address something you feel I should have, go ahead and let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or, that's right, constructive criticism. You don't have to like this show, although I'm not entirely sure why you're listening if you don't. 
But like it or not, you can be nice. I know you can. And you know how I know that? Because I believe in you. You. But maybe not you in the back. I don't necessarily believe in you. But I believe in the rest of you. Which is like, you know, a good amount. So, like... Yeah, anyways, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you could do that by emailing darkdaysofdorothygale at outlook.com. There's no more Twitter, or X, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, for this guy. But you can still find me on the old TikTok, where it's at darkdorothyg. There's actually some pretty cool artwork there, so I would highly recommend checking that out. Alternately, I appear on TikTok, Instagram, and that silly threads thing under the assumed identity of at the ordinary sun. That's S-U-N. The Instagram feed for the ordinary sun also has a lot of fun dark days themed artwork. And of course, if social media isn't your jam, there's always the official Dark Days website. DD of DG.com. You can also find links to t shirts and stickers and stuff there as well. Also, if you were a fan of all that Dante stuff I did back in part two of Darker Days, I have compiled a list of all my favorite Dante's Inferno resources. It's got links and brief summaries and reviews of each place. So you can find that all on the website as well. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale used to be on Amazon as an e-book and in paperback form. But at the time of this recording, the podcast is, in fact, the only way to experience it. If you would like to support the show... Buying a t-shirt or sticker or something really is the coolest way to go. Or, you know, uh, reviewing me on Apple or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Or just sharing the show with with someone who might kind of like it. You know what? You share it with people you, that, that you don't think would like it. That's fine, too. It, just just share it. That's That's really the best way to go. If you want to support my specific brand of creativity in a more direct and financial way... You can always do that by finding me at buymeacoffee.com slash ordinary sun. Again, that's S-U-N. If you do that, I will send you a personal handwritten thank you note, complete with a fun little sketch. I'll even give you a shout out on this here show if you would like. If you don't want to donate to this cause, that is perfectly fine, too. Times be tough, they be, and I'm happy to do this either way. So, come back next time for Chapter 59, Friends and Captors. Thanks for listening. I love you all.